we, 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 we as mothers who have had our children taken from us in horrific ways, violent ways, by those that are supposed to protect us, we bond together and we stay strong together. Welcome to The Mothers, a podcast that centers the voices of women from across America whose children were killed by police. I'm Nico Georgiadis of Unicorn Riot. And I'm independent journalist Georgia Ford. This is episode three, featuring Yolanda McNair, the mother of Adesha Miller. Adesha Miller. My daughter was a beautiful person who just loved life and anybody she met became her friend. The story of Adesha is heartbreaking. She was an innocent young lady who was killed in an alleged accident by an officer while at his house party in Detroit. My daughter is Adesha Miller. She was 24 years old, actually 24 years, 364 days old when she was killed by a Detroit police officer who was off duty. She was at a party at his house. Um, she was just out celebrating her upcoming birthday and it ended in her death. Depending on which statement you want to believe from the witnesses, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, or 45 minutes after she arrived, she was dead. The Detroit police officer sat at a desk for two and a half months. There was no repercussions for what he did. No real investigation done. They tried to put all the blame on my daughter. Going so far as to just stop short of saying that she shot herself with his weapon, which was physically impossible. My daughter had no gunshot residue on her hands, her wound track, or her clothing. They never checked the officer for anything, drugs, alcohol, or gunshot residue. They didn't take his clothing that night. They didn't even take his statement that night. She um, went to the party. She was invited by a couple of uh, young ladies that she knew, what thoughts she knew. Like I said, she was just out celebrating her life. You know, looking forward to turning 25 and starting her career, and she never got that chance. It was his house, his party. Um, why he had a service weapon on him. Detroit police officers can carry a weapon while they're off duty, but why he had a service weapon on him, I don't know, considering that the party had children at it, family, fr friends, and coworkers. Why did he feel the need to have his weapon at his own party? Um, there's plenty of people there to help him deject anybody he needed to. My daughter, if they didn't want her there, it was no big deal. She was in walking distance of relatives. Plus she had two cell phones on her, which ironically came up missing after she was shot. No You've been listening to Yolanda McNair speak about her daughter, Adesha, who was killed in 2012 by Detroit police officer Isaac Parrish while in his home. She would have turned 25 years old at midnight. It's hard to hear a lot of times these mothers recount their stories and the story of Adesha is really rare. A lot of times these stories have different elements and Adesha's doesn't have some of those elements. Big part of that is because Georgia, she was a woman. Yeah. And women are 20 times less likely to be killed by police. To be killed by police. That's right. Since 2012, at least 500 women were reported as killed by police in America. And when they do, it rarely gets media attention. During that same time, at least 9,700 people in this country were killed by police. And that's just the reported numbers. 
Many of the killings are mislabeled and oftentimes what we found in our research, Nico, is that they can go unreported altogether. And some, some more of the high-profile killings recently have been Breonna Taylor, Corin Gaines, but there's so many stories of daughters, sisters, mothers, aunts, and grandmothers that we've really never heard of. She, Adesha, was dancing with the officer, and she was killed from his holstered gun. It was claimed an accident by the city, and no one has been held accountable for her death. The city of Detroit did a Piss poor example of a investigation. They drug it out to the city, went into bankruptcy, closed my daughter's case, well, suspended the case, and then the prosecutor closed the case with no explanation. Cleared the officer of all wrongdoing without any investigation being completed, uh, no proof of their, their findings provided to this day, to this day. And you know, Nico, one of the things that we typically do when we meet mothers is ask them, you know, they've endured this huge loss, this, this tragedy, but somehow they find a way to turn their pain into power, as the case was for Yolanda. It makes me, as a mother, want to go up in there and, you know, become a bull in a china shop. But I have to think about what the legacy for my daughter is. And it can't be that they worry more about the people I went after than the fact that they took her away from us. So uh, in light of that, I started this organization, Protect Our Stolen Treasures, better known as POST. Um, it's comprised of myself and other members who have lost their loved ones to police murder. Mertilla Jones, her granddaughter, Zayana Jones, seven years old, sleep on the couch, police officer shot her in the head. Uh, Kevin Kellum, his son was shot to death in front of him. And Kimberly Davis, her son was killed by an Ohio State trooper days before his daughter was born. But I fight for families all around the, the country. I go all around the country. Coming to Minnesota is just one of the stops that I make. My organization has chapters in multiple states. Uh, we are in Columbus, Ohio, Greenville, South Carolina, Portland, Oregon, and Lawton, Oklahoma. And we're going to open up more chapters. We're looking to open one in Louisiana shortly. But we're all coming together for the same cause, changing the laws that govern police officers and the way that they're treated when they commit crimes and call them what they are, murder, brutality, rape. Don't just candy coat it and then say, pat on the head, you lose a little money, go on about your business. We want their peace officer's license revoked, not suspended, or them just retiring from one department and going to another. We don't want them to continue to go on and brutalize people. So we want to change the way that the laws affect not just them, but us. Because they don't get the same punishments for the same crime. For the same crime. After first meeting Yolanda, and then now knowing her for several years now, what really stands out to me is, as one of her biggest traits, Georgia, is like the way she has this steady resolve. She has this compassionate energy along with her. Her presence is also just so very kind and mm -hmm. humble and yeah. like yeah. just loving. I remember specifically also going to meet up with her in Detroit. Uh, she was holding a Kite Flight for Life event and a lot of discussion was had and she was sort of the centerpiece of that discussion. That's right. What was your thoughts around Detroit? Nico, when we were in Detroit, 
we went there specifically to support Yolanda, but while we were there, it was fascinating to see all of these families from across the country who flew into Detroit to also show their support for Yolanda. And when we met Ayana's grandmother and we learned the story about her grandbaby who was killed inside her home, right? It, for me, as a mom myself, it, it broke me down to my core because I, I couldn't help but think of my own children, right? And here, this was another story that I personally had not heard of, right? And so it, for me as a journalist, it brought me back to the reason why it helped center me and, and the reason why telling these stories is so important. Because yes, the world knows George Floyd and, and most of the world knows Philando Castile and, and most of at least the country knows about Dante Wright and now unfortunately Amir Locke. But do they know about Adesha? Do they know about Ayana? And so uh, for me, I think that is, it, it recentered my why, why I'm doing this because we have babies who are being killed by police in this country and and what's being done about it heartbreaking just absolutely heartbreaking i can't even understand the magnitude of pain um and then so yolanda has utilized some of that some of this gathering was part of protecting our stolen treasures in a group a support group that she's created along with other family members mothers fathers um, mostly in Detroit, Ohio, and then they branched out all across the nation. And, and I think this is really unique, right? Um, not only did she turn her pain into power by founding this organization called POST, but she has also empowered other grieving mothers to turn their pain into power by allowing them to have a chapter of post in their city, in their state. And so I, I think that's one thing that is very, very unique about Yolanda, right? Uh, because we, we've covered other organizations that have been founded in honor and, and in support of uh, a, a child who had been killed by police. But in this instance with Yolanda, I think she's the only mother that we've met who has activated her organization uh, across the country. And so I think it speaks volumes to the leadership that Yolanda has, the heart that she has, and how not only has she transformed her pain into power, but she's uniquely positioning other moms to do the same. And, and it's just, it's been a beautiful journey to follow. You know, protecting our stolen treasures post Yolanda is standing there when she's talking to us with mostly every single time we've talked to her outside of a banquet setting. She has a post shirt on mm -hmm. of some sort and she's wearing pins of Adesha Miller and she speaks of her daughter oh, just like incredibly kind words. My daughter was a good hugger. She, she had a beautiful smile, lit up a room. And the fact that her outlook on life was that it's the best thing. 
you know, no matter how hard something was, she always saw the upside. It wasn't a um, doom and gloom kind of person. You know, she loved learning things. She was learning how to play the guitar when she was killed. She used to write poems and haikus. Um, we loved a lot of the same things, you know, favorite color, favorite foods, same kind of movies and books. So I just missed that companionship I had with my daughter and the fact that we had a good relationship that surpassed the mother-daughter frame where we were just people with each other. You know, um, her siblings miss her because she was the eldest. Um, she has two nephews and a niece who have never met her but love her like they know her because of the stories that their, their parents tell, their cousins. It's a matter of completeness that's no longer. My, my family circle is no longer complete. No longer complete. Listening to The Mothers with Yolanda McNair, whose daughter was killed in 2012 by an off-duty police officer in his house. As we've heard from Yolanda, she's been around for many years now pushing for change. Here's her thoughts on what would help bring accountability for police killings. Police killings. The viable solution is equal punishment for equal crimes. You as a citizen, if you go out and murder someone, you get 20 years to life. They get a slap on a wrist, a little time off, and go somewhere else, if that happens. A lot of them don't even miss a day. I want them to understand that they're nothing more than a citizen who took an oath that they don't give a damn about, and they need to be treated that way. I think there are good cops out there, but a silent cop is not a good cop. It's a good tr cop trying. 
but you got to do more than that. You got to. You chose that job. That job didn't choose you. And if you're not right for the job, they need not be in that position. You cannot be a cop, a good cop, and be a bully, a bigot, a racist, a rapist, a robber, a murderer. You know, those people need to be removed. And whether it's locked away for life, it should be. Why not? A life for a life. My daughter was an innocent, did nothing wrong, but she was attacked and then murdered. They should not be allowed to sit up here and tear our, our family members down and then tell us to be quiet, don't say anything. Don't say anything against the cop because there are repercussions. Why the hell is it a repercussion for me saying, you're dirty, you killed my kid, but you can sit up there and say whatever the hell you want about my child. She can't defend herself. We speak for those who cannot defend themselves. And as long as the only story being told is a true lie, a real story made up fictitious, we have to speak out. We have to change that. Accountability. If we're accountable for what we do, we're accountable for what our children do. What's wrong with the cops being accountable for what they do? It's just <laughs> common damn sense. That's why on the back of my shirt it says death requires responsibility. It's a fact. You're responsible if you hit somebody in the car and they die. You're responsible if somebody steals your car and hits somebody and they die. How come you're responsible for something that was not in your possession? Gone without your knowledge. Driven by someone you didn't know, but you're held accountable. They're carrying that gun using those chokeholds, tasing people. Those are all things they're doing personally by themselves. So why are they getting away with it? And they need to get these weak-minded cops out of there who feed into the feeding frenzy of murder. My partner's shooting, so I'm gonna shoot too. My partner's beating on him, so I'm gonna do it too. Why? Instead of saying stop, don't do that. If you don't have someone that's got enough strength in them to stop a wrong, whether it's their partner or somebody in the street, they don't need to be a cop either. But people don't, you know, they want to hide and then say, well, they must have did something wrong. Stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that because someone was murdered, they did something wrong. Nine times out of 10, they didn't do a damn thing but what they were told, and they still died for it. So I want laws to change as far as police officers are concerned. But I also want laws to change as far as prosecutors are concerned, district attorneys, attorney generals, because you're not doing your job either. Because if you were, we wouldn't have this pandemic police murder. And that's a fact. Think about what you would want somebody to do if it was you, and then do it, and then do it. Thank you for listening to the Mother's Podcast. You can find all of the episodes at unicornriot.ninja forward slash the mothers. And to find out more about my work as an independent journalist, head over to my website, georgiafort.com. And you can follow my work, Nico Georgiatis, at Mr. Nico G on social media and nicog.work. Audio recording and engineering by Malcolm Wells. You can find my work at stonywells.com and at stonywells on social media, S-T-O-N-Y-W-E-L-L-Z. What up? This is Longshot, and I provided the raps for the Mother's Podcast. 
You can support me and my work at mclongshot.com. Peace. My name is Tariq Thornton. I help edit and produce along with DJ Skiz for Different Worlds Music Group. Peace. My name is DJ Skiz. I made all the beats as well as did the mixing and editing of the Mother's Podcast. You can check me out on social media at DJ Skiz, D-J-S-K-I-Z-Z, or at DJSkizBeats.com. You could also follow Unicorn Riot across social media platforms and find our work at unicornriot.ninja. Unicorn Riot is a 501c3 educational nonprofit media organization dedicated to engaging and amplifying the stories of social and environmental struggles from the ground up. Support our work at unicornriot.ninja slash donate. Part of the funding for this podcast is made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council, thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.